Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Barely There Theater, where we present theater to you, barely. Up this week, a rehearsal process of this month's play. The audio presented here is a mostly unmastered recording, with any changes or omissions made at the request of those being recorded. This is to help facilitate a safe and creative rehearsal space where ideas can flow freely in the moment. There will be a brief message at the end of rehearsal, so stick around. We hope you enjoy the process. Hey, you know, Jody Magnet. Okay. <laughs> Is page turning noise going to be an issue for you? Um, shouldn't be, okay. but we will. Mabel. Will she start being loud if you have to put her in another room? Um, if I have to put her in another room, maybe. She should eventually. She was, up until I had to stand back up. Mabel, sit. Lay down, sweetie. Sit. Can you sit? Lay down. Lay down. You're okay. She's like, the cat moved, and things got serious. Lay down. You're so close. I know you want to do it. Lay down. I know her butt is One, like... Once she lays down, she's going to be She's gonna be good. It's just a matter of getting her to lay down. Um, regarding page training, there we go. Um... <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Um, page starting and rehearsal will be totally fine. Um, once we go to record it, maybe. But even then, I should be able to edit around it just because okay. you in particular, um, because you're the narrator, uh, are doing your own thing. You're kind of disconnected from everyone else. Um, part of the reason I'm recording you separately from everyone else uh, is logistic concerns. I'm trying to record several different mics in a small room. It's gonna. The more mics I add, the more feedback and other messy oh, stuff. Okay, gets is this into the gonna edit. be like the same setup? Probably, yeah. Just because the goal, um, as Mike informed me, is to keep people as separated as possible while, while recording, so other stuff You're doesn't getting... get picked up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Jesse's audio and Sydney's microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that's reason A okay. is logistics. Uh, reason B, you you the narrator are very much doing your own thing, and you kind of color the tone of the whole piece Mm -hmm. so i would you know i'd like to just spend time working on just that and not have to worry about all the other acting stuff so to speak um so that's for their rehearsal so um scared the shit out of me (laughs) um i don't know if you heard any of that okay volume mixer there we go um okay so I don't know for this rehearsal what's going to be the best benefit for you. Just reading it through and then I do the other lines. If you just want to go through and do your lines because they are your own thing. What is going to, a mixture of the two maybe, what's going to work for you? Um, I don't mind reading. Obviously it's going to, this is my own part and I will have to like, Try not to. I've read through the whole, like, I've read through the whole thing on my own, but this is the first time I've ever done it. Something without having someone else to, like, feed off of. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't mind reading it without the lines in between, if that will make your life a little bit easier, even when you're editing. Um. Or. 
if having the lines, <laughs> the reverse of that, if having the lines would make your life easier in case you, I don't know, lose your place or something. It might make it easier. It might not. This is my first time doing this, so I might be what I, what, what I think is a good idea right now. I get into the editing process and I realize it's a terrible idea. <laughs> um, um, you know what? We'll just try it. We'll try it with you just going through and reading your lines. And if I feel like we're losing something in the process of skipping over the dialogue, so okay. to speak. Um, You'll I, just read. I can do the dialogue. But okay. for now, let's... Let's just try it with just you. See what um, happens. So what <laughs> what do you what are you thinking for the tone? Like it is kind of funny. Do you want it to be kind of lilting funny or do you want me to just be like I don't feel like this person is necessarily an unreliable narrator? Well, there okay, there's a couple spots where there's like we don't know what happened next. <laughs> so maybe t- uh, ignoring those. I feel like it's kind of so, feeling straightforward. So, fantastic question. I think kind of straightforward, but also kind of funny. You're you're close in it. Um, the narrator, I almost want to say him, but that's not the case because you, you are not a him. <laughs> um, isn't an unreliable narrator per se. It's something I learned about uh, when I was reading through some Russian literature is this is a whole trope in Russian literature. The narrator who isn't an unreliable narrator, they're just bad at their job. <laughs> like the, this the scaz um who you are is that they're just they're telling a story but they're focusing on the wrong parts of the story the stuff that like we the audience is really compelled to hear about like the nose and all that and like what's gonna happen to ivan like all this stuff totally just skips over it and it's not out of like any maliciousness it's just oh wait i want to tell this part of the story now like he's just bad at his job yeah and I keep defaulting to male pronouns and i'm gonna blame the russians for that um, <laughs> that's fine <laughs> well maybe lighthearted is a better word than funny yeah how's that it's i think lighthearted is is a good tone like it's just kind of a matter of fact like yeah this this is uh this is what happened <laughs> the audience is like well this is weird and you're like no it's not this is what happened <laughs> Alrighty. <clears throat> i am on that this is the right page. Let me just double check that I'm actually on the right page. Yes. Okay. And also one one last thing I want to point out before we start going through it. I mean, mm-hmm. you've worked with me before. I will stop you as needed. Um, I, I typically go through and edit a piece again before I let actors get to it. This is still very much the first draft I sent to everyone. I've not made any alterations to it. So as we go through, I might be like, this is running really long. We're going to start cutting stuff. Um, okay. And that I might need a pen in that case, but... I will... Oh, good catch. I think the mic's actually picked that up. <laughs> nice. Um, do I have a utensil? We'll figure it out. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. There we go. Um, all right. I think I've, I've said all the spiel I needed to. I'm probably going to have to edit most of that out, but that's fine. Because um, <laughs> people don't care about this stuff. Or maybe they do. Who knows? We'll find out. We'll find out. Um, whenever you're ready, take it away. Okay. On March 25th, there took place an extraordinarily strange occurrence. The barber Ivan woke up early and smelled fresh bread. He rose in bed and saw his wife, drinking coffee, take some newly baked loaves out of the oven. That is to say, Ivan would have liked one and the other, but he knew that it was impossible to demand two things at once, for Paisley very much disliked such frivolities, thought Paisley as she threw a loaf on the table. 
So as not to dirty his nightgown, Ivan donned a tailcoat and, sitting down to breakfast, poured out salt, got two onions ready, picked up a knife, assumed a thoughtful position, and began to slice the bread. He saw something shining in the bread. He poked it with a knife. All right, um, I think, was I on the last line of this page? Yes. Okay. Ivan stuck his fingers in the bread and pulled out a nose. He rubbed his eyes and felt the object. A nose, a nose indeed, and a nose he knew. Um. Good. I think the only note I have is to put a little more stank on extraordinarily. Extraordinarily, that's how you pronounce it. There we go. <laughs> oh, extraordinarily. Okay. On, um, At the first line. Yes, I think so because I think that kind of helps set the whole tone. Um, or it's one of the ways we can. Okay, set the and tone. I forgot to ask. Do you want me to talk in like a normal voice pace, or do you, or do you want me to talk like in a book on tape pace, which is a bit slower? I think a normal normal pace okay. is fine. Like because normal this on stage is, kind of. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is still, I'm still trying, even though what this is is an adaptation of a short story, so you could make an argument that this is just an audiobook. Yep. Um, you could make that argument. I'd like to try to retain the pacing of a play where, where possible, this is a moment where uh, podcast very, format does, very acrobatic. does no service to what Mabel's currently <laughs> doing. What are you... <laughs> it's comfortable, I, I swear. It looks comfortable. Maybe not. <laughs> Girls just gotta have fun. They do. Alright, she's doing her own thing. Um, so, good question, though. Okay. I, yeah. And it's already, as I was going through and highlighting your lines earlier, I was like, man, Elizabeth has a lot of lines. So, uh, speed speed will be nice, particularly through some of the, the longer ones. Okay. Um... So I don't want to dwell on this page too much longer, but I do want the first line on March 25th. Mm-hmm. If you could just try it three different ways. Okay. And then um, we'll decide what we like best, and then we'll go from there. Just the first line? Yep. Uh, da, da, da. Okay. On March 25th, there took place an extraordinarily strange occurrence. On March 25th, there took place an extraordinarily, extraordinarily, I did not pronounce that correctly. It is a weird word. On March 25th, there took place an extraordinarily strange occurrence. The barber Ivan woke up early and smelled fresh bread. He rose in bed and saw his wife, drinking coffee, take some newly baked loaves out of the oven. Okay. Moving, like, on to the next page. Yep. Moving? Okay. Yep. 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 Uh, let me just read Paisley's line real quick. But Ivan was more dead than alive. He recognized the nose as that of Kevin, whom he shaved every Wednesday and Sunday. Um, punch dead and alive. Those are my favorite words from that line. Ouch. Mabel. It's very rude. Yep. Um, 
You can do it again if you want, or you can keep moving. Okay. I should note, Paisley could often be mean and cruel to her husband, Ivan. Fortunately for Ivan, today was not one of those days. Ivan stood there with a wealth of thoughts. He thought and thought and didn't know what to think. Ivan fell silent as his thoughts turned to the potential of police breaking down his door to arrest him for possession of a stolen nose. To prevent his fate at the hands of the state, Ivan wrapped the nose in a rag and escorted it out past the shrieks of his still-yelling wife. He wanted to shove it under something somewhere, either into the mailbox or just drop it as if by accident, and then turn off into a side street. But as bad luck would have it, Ivan kept running into people he knew. There's a typo in there. We're just at the bottom of three, um, or just it, drop it. Or so I'm scratching out that first it. Just, yep, nope, that's a good call. Okay. Mabel, you're being very problematic. Get you want to impress the show off for your new friend, then that's fine. But maybe tone it down just a little bit. Okay. I <laughs> uh, kept running into people he knew. Where are you going? Um, Whom are you going out to? Sort of. Turn my bed. This is bad luck to have it. Um, pick it up. You drop something there. A little bit way down on four. Oh, okay. Immediately said a distant police officer. Ivan was, of course, obliged to pick up the nose. His despair... Ooh. No, thank you. Mabel. His despair mounted as more and more shops began to open for the morning, with more and more people filling, in, filling the streets. I added a word there. I am somewhat to blame. I haven't yet told you anything about Ivan. In many ways, he was a respectable man. Like any self-respecting Russian artisan, he was a terrible drunkard. And although every day he shaved other people's chins, his own was ever unshaven. Down, please. Thank you. Almost uh, ever unshaven. And as Kevin, owner of the nose, once told him... Um, before we move on, mm -hmm. this is a line I like, um, mainly because it keys us in to this narrator's not good at their job. This is where we start to get, um, a, key, a, a, a clue in, so to speak. Okay. Back on track. It should hopefully. There we go. Um, okay. Where was I? So each each of the the lines in this line, um, <laughs> that I'm someone to blame. Yep. Okay. Um, so and e e if we really break it down, each of these is contradictory. Um, I haven't yet told you anything about Ivan. In many ways, he was a respectable man, like any self-respecting artisan. He was a terrible drunkard. So already we have. I haven't told you anything about Ivan. In many ways, he was a respectable man. Like any self-respecting art artisan, he was terrible. <laughs> so, instead of telling us many ways, he tells us one way, and that one way is contradictory to 
uh, being a respectable man. At least I would argue. Um, and then he also adds in the every day he shaved other people's faces, but he was always unkempt. Unshaven. Um, so that tell so already he's like in many ways he was a respectable person. Here's many ways he was not a respectable person. <laughs> Um, which is not to say that, like, <laughs> so it's, you know, that's, there's a lot of fun that we can have in, in this context of being like, um, yeah, here's the, here's the, the facts of things. And then the audience be like, well, these aren't, this doesn't add up. Um, and for the, and so they, for me, the, my favorite part of this is that I am somewhat to blame. Um, because you're only taking, you're the one telling the story. It's a hundred percent on you, <laughs> and you're you're still shirking off. It's like I'm on some, I'm only somewhat to blame, um, and so I think this line in particular really summarizes kind of what the rest of the experience of this show is going to be. Um, so with those things in mind, um, just take take the line over again and see what okay. see what happens. I am somewhat to blame. I haven't yet told you anything about Ivan. In many ways, he was a respectable man. Like any self-respecting Russian artisan, he was a terrible drunkard. And although every day he shaved other people's chins, his own was ever unshaven. And as Kevin, owner of the nose, once told him... Uh, I don't know... And Ivan, in retaliation, would lather Kevin's cheeks and under his nose and behind his ear and under his chin. In other words, wherever he felt like. This esteemed citizen now found himself on St. Isaac's Bridge. To start, he took a good look around, then leaned on the railings as though to look under the bridge to see whether or not there were many fish swimming, and casually tossed down the rag containing the nose. Um... One last thing I want to highlight before we move on mm-hmm. is that first sentence, and Ivan in retaliation. Yep. Um, that's a, kind of a continuation of the previous thread of what he's saying. I keep saying he. I'm so sorry. What she's saying. Um, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> um, it's just that such a... Every Russian story I've read is so male-heavy that I default to male when talking about it. Um, what she says um, is in retaliation, like as if... Ivan was getting back at Kevin. He's going to lather up in all these places, but under his nose, behind his ear, under his chin. Um, these are all places you would expect <laughs> a barber to, to lather. So wherever he felt like, I mean... <laughs> the normal places. I, I suppose, you know. <laughs> but so this is, once again, a highlight of not necessarily being an unreliable unreli- narrator, but just a bad narrator because <laughs> what he's telling us does... <laughs> what she's telling us doesn't line up with the reality of the world and so that's just another one of those little fun uh we can play that up to be like uh oh he did he just to get back at him he lathered behind his chin and under his nose and wherever he felt like and then the audience is like i mean that's a barber yeah (laughs) where he should (laughs) yeah it's his job Mm -hmm. um all right so and then we go back into just the normal quote-unquote normal narration after that um, so if we just want to do that one more time, and Ivan, in retaliation. Okay. And Ivan, in retaliation, would lather Kevin's cheeks and under his nose and behind his ear and under his chin. In other words, wherever he felt like. 
This esteemed citizen now found himself on St. Isaac's Bridge. To start, he took a good look around, then leaned on the railings as though to look under the bridge to see whether or not there were many fish swimming and casually tossed down the rag containing the nose. One last thing I want to add in that line. Mm -hmm. um, this esteemed citizen. Um, say it with an authority of like, yeah, this is... This is, Ivan's an upstanding guy, you know? He's a valuable member of our community. He's an esteemed citizen. Even though this is a man who has apparently stolen someone's nose and instead of returning it is disposing of it, but that's fine. Um, okay, we can keep moving from top of five. Top of five. He felt as if a ton had been lifted off his shoulders. He even smirked. Rather than going to work, Ivan made way to a shop with a sign that read, Snacks and Tea, when he suddenly noticed, at the end of the bridge, a police officer wagging his finger and saying, Step this way, friend. Knowing the procedure, Ivan removed his hat while still some way off and said, Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. Jump down to the end of the page. Ivan turned pale. But here the story grows hazy, and of what happened next, absolutely nothing is known. Earlier that morning, across town, Kevin woke up. <laughs> I really like the ending of that. Um, <laughs> like, we're changing tax. <laughs> yeah. Don't I, worry about it. I want, actually, I want this line to you to draw this out as much as possible. Like, Ivan turned pale. Okay. <laughs> but here the story grows. <laughs> Oh, I like, gotcha. To take a pause there, and then immediately shift gears. Okay. Um, and then I liked that tone you ended it with. Let's just do that one more time. Okay. Um, I'll give you your, your cue line, because now the more I think about it, the more I realize that's probably going to be better for those listening to this part of the <laughs> podcast if they have the cues for what's happening. Okay. Um, uh, just tell me, what were you doing over there? Ivan turned pale. But here the story grows hazy, and of what happened next, absolutely nothing is known. Earlier that morning, across town, Kevin woke up. Who's Kevin again? Kevin is Adam. Okay. Where is that mirror? Kevin's first words of the day were not always asking to see himself. They were today because the night before, Kevin had seen a rather massive pimple on his nose and wanted to see if it were still there. Huh. To his extreme amazement, in place of a nose, was a perfectly smooth surface. He washed his eyes and dried them with a towel. No nose. He pinched himself to see if he was asleep. Ouch. No, he didn't think so. Kevin <laughs> jumped out of bed and shook himself. No nose. Quite sure of his lack of nose, he got dressed and left to see the chief of police. In the meantime, something must be said of Kevin. He was a duly elected official, a municipal committee member, something that he was quick to remind anyone of. He hadn't held the position for two years, but that never stopped him from calling himself major. Alright. I wish I had a pen, because I think we're going to make a cut in here. Okay. Um... Maybe I want to make a cut? I don't know. The the quite sure of his lack of nose, he got dressed and left to see the chief of police. Feels wordy. It's especially since we've had now... This is now the third no-nose. Um, Do you want to just take out the quite sure part? Just 
Shook himself, no nose. He got dressed and left to see the chief police. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Cut the quite sure of his lack. Because we know at this point. Mm-hmm. We've got two no noses, so thank you. Good cut. Kept. Um, I think I just ended on the calling himself major line. Mm-hmm. Kept. Um, and I think... No, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. We'll keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, so just take it from calling himself major. Okay. He would say to an old woman who sold apples on the bridge. Go to my house on Sturdevant Street and ask, does Major Kevin live there? Anyone can tell you I do. So, accordingly, we'll refer to him as Major Kevin from here on out. It was Major Kevin's habit to take a daily walk down Norman Avenue to be seen by as many people as possible. He had first moved to St. Petersburg in order to gain status. Ideally a vice governor, but he would have been happy to be a bailiff. He wasn't opposed to marriage on the condition that his bride come from money. I'll leave it to you to imagine what this type of man felt when he discovered he had no nose. Really punch this type of man. Okay. Um, that's my only note. Okay. What is the city coming to? The sun has barely risen and not a cab in sight. Murmured Kevin as he left his house. The lack of transport forced him to walk his normal route down Norman Avenue with a handkerchief held to his face, like he had a bloody nose, which, of course, was ridiculous since he had no nose to bleed. Can we... <laughs> Can you find this humorous, as the narrator, that yeah. this jackass is a, a <laughs> handkerchief over his non-existent nose yeah um, let's just do that one more time all right murmured kevin as he left his house the lack of transport forced him to walk his normal route down norman A norman avenue with a handkerchief held to his face like he had a bloody nose which of course was ridiculous since he had no nose to bleed <laughs> i like this okay i we're gonna continue on this trend of i want your opinions to Inform. show through yeah okay. not necessarily inform because you're bad at your job <laughs> uh, but i definitely want i want to know how you feel about okay these people um just because that was delightful um we'll keep it going though maybe it's my imagination it's impossible that a nose would fall off someone's face he reassured himself as he entered a nearby cafe in search of a mirror i was still dreaming when i woke up it's the only thing that makes sense Thank God no one is in here. He said, in spite of the cafe employees currently wiping down tables. I can expect myself at my leisure. He looked at his reflection. Disgusting. If only there was something there instead of the nose, instead of absolutely nothing. He bit his lip and exited into the street, determined neither to smile nor look at anyone he passed by. He was stopped in his tracks when something extraordinary happened. A cab stopped in front of a house, one of its doors swung open, and a most distinguished gentleman stepped out. Imagine Kevin's terror when he saw that it was his own nose. Good. Um, I want to cut. He bit his lip. Because okay. That's what a totally unuseless piece of visual He just exited into the street. Yep, he exited okay. in the street, determined neither smile. Da, 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 da. Um, and then pun punch something extraordinary. Just okay. kind of harkens back to the first line of the... Of the, the show. show. This is the, this is the something extraordinary we've been waiting for. This is the nose, the aforementioned. Okay. Nose. Okay. <laughs> um. 
We can keep going. Yep. Uh, I lied. Uh, before we even keep going, I want to change the first line of this next line. Um, the top of eight. Yep. The world seemed to invert around him. Mm-hmm. The world inverted around him. Okay. All right. With that being said, take it away. The world inverted around him. Determined to make sure he saw what he saw, Kevin lurked behind a light post and waited for his nose to return. Two minutes later, the nose stepped back out of the house he had entered into. It was clear to Kevin that in the interceding minutes, his nose had been elected to office, some state position, congressman, or senator of the sort. The nose got back in its cab. Drive on. (laughs) Kevin nearly lost his mind on the spot. How is this possible? The nose that had only yesterday been on his face, which can neither walk nor drive, was now a duly elected official of the public. Luckily for Kevin, it was not long before he crossed paths with his nose again. He found it outside of a shop, peering in through the glass at an assortment of spectacles. Let's cut. Kevin nearly lost his mind on the spot. Okay. I think we got that with the world inverted around him. (laughs) Kev. Okay. Um... How can I get at it? Thought Kevin. Everything, the suit, the hat, and so on, show that it is a state senator. That's that's a problem for the other rehearsal. Uh, <laughs> how did that happen? Kevin began to cough discreetly. <clears throat> discreetly. <clears throat> but the nose ignored him. Honorable sir. Honorable sir. Uh, they go back and forth. Yeah, there's a, a lot. Ba-ba-ba-ba-bam. Uh, by the state of your clothes, oh wait! By the state of your clothes, you must be in quite a different department to mine. And the nose turned away. Kevin was going to protest more, but his gaze was caught by an elderly lady approaching from the opposite direction, accompanied by her beautiful daughter. He felt immediate shame. Someone so beautiful could never love someone with no nose. Thought the noseless man. <laughs> Kevin turned to tell his nose off, but found it was gone. Scoundrel. <laughs> By now, the thoroughfare was thoroughly packed, and any chance of finding his nose's cab in the traffic was long gone. Kevin calculated his options and determined that his best hope was to contact the police. Not because the affair had anything to do with them, but because they acted more promptly than a body of government, his second option. He flagged a cab and went to the police station, where he was greeted by a gargoyle of a receptionist. Hold real quick. Was it? Oh no, Ivan was the one who. I'm just. I'm getting my wires crossed. I was like, didn't Ivan go to the police earlier? But that. That's a different character, so we're fine. Oh. <laughs> um. Um. If you had been a minute earlier, you would have caught him. Um. Halfway down ten. Have I known ten? Oh, Kevin hopped back into his cab and cried. Drive on. If I were in my nose's position, thought Kevin, I would flee the city because I would know that I would contact the police first thing. My nose will be long gone by now. As if by divine intervention, Kevin saw his path forward. Driver, take me to the nearest newspaper. And off they went. When they arrived, Kevin was greeted by a man who appeared to be older than the news. Who takes Amerton's here? Uh, da, 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 da. One moment, please. And the ad agent punched in some numbers on his calculator. So the utmost urgency. One moment. 
As was his nature, Kevin had failed to notice the long line of people waiting in front of him. Already at the desk was a man dressed noticeably better than Kevin. If you were to ask me, this dog isn't worth $80, da-da-da-da-da-da, they'll give thousands or better for poodle or pointer if they think they're pure. The ad agent listened as only a sales associate could while he (laughs) counted out the words. Behind the valet was a line of ad seekers, one of which wanted to sell a vacuum cleaner two decades old that had only been partially used, another who was seeking help for their mother, one who was seeking any kind of work that could be done sitting down, and yet another who wanted to sell a partially used vacuum. So many bodies packed in so tight a room left the air thick. Thankfully for Kevin, he had no nose to smell. (laughs) I really liked your tone at the end of that. Um... I think there's a couple pages that I'm not. Yeah. Um, this. Yes. This little bit about the people in the store. Is there a better way I can word this? One of which wanted to sell a vacuum cleaner, two decades old, and yet another who wanted to sell. I feel like the way I've worded it just makes it sound like that's the same person who um, wants to sell. I mean, one of which wanted to sell. I think the way you bop back and forth between one of and another who, like it, they should all say one of which or they should all say another who. Mm, does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, so whichever one you feel would better distinguish that there's many a people. Line of seekers, one of which one to sell vacuum cleaner, another who is seeking. One of which one to sell vacuum cleaner, one of who was seeking help for their mother, one who is seeking, and yet another who wanted to sell does it work if it's one 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 other or do they all need to be one what do you think um what if it was what if the first one was one of and the rest were just another so like one of which wanted to sell a vacuum cleaner blah 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 another who was seeking help for their mother or another who was seeking blah 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 and yet another who wanted to blah 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 Okay, I like that. And okay. then also what's ahead. And yet another who also wanted to. Who also, okay. I think I think those changes will make that yep. much more clear. Okay, let me jot that down. Since you're doing like, it just sounds like we have the same person twice in there. Um, which is not a you thing, it's a me thing. Get out from under there. Another. Or just stay back there. I don't know, suit yourself. Just don't knock out my cables, please. <clears throat> another person. Okay. Alright, um, you don't need to do it again. I'll trust you. Um, we can move. I think it's page you 14. Have a break. Yes, you do. Oh, you have several pages. Have you tracked yourself? <laughs> she has. Okay, hold on. Oh, puppy break. <laughs> um, we are on 14, yeah? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm gonna just, just go through it. Um, why bother? Said the agent as he took a sniff of snuff. But if it isn't a bother, could I see? And the major moved his handkerchief from his face. Huh. Uh, you see for yourself it's true. Da, 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 da. Making your acquaintance. Said the major, laying it on thick. I could certainly do it, but I don't see what good it would do. Da, 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 da. Um... 
Might I recommend finding someone good with words and asking them to write it up and publish it in some scientific journal? He said, taking another sniff of snuff. You know, for the kids. Educational and all that. Or if nothing else, something for the tabloids. Discouraged, Kevin's eyes fell on a daily paper in which a theatrical performance was being advertised. He recognized the name of the actress as someone he had been told was very pretty, and involuntarily smiled at the thought of a night at the theater. Um, while I get Mabel situated here, um, just put a little stank on a night at the thought of the night at the theater, just because I like the thought of a night at the theater, and you know what? I will let my biasy show. <laughs> okay. Hey, are you going to be good if I unhook you? Get up on this couch. Come on. Lay down. Lay down. Good girl. Okay. And then back at it again with the, with the podcast reads. Okay. Um. Where were we? Uh, top of 15. Thank you. Um. We'll just keep it moving. Um, it clears the head, banishes depression, and I've been told, good for hemorrhoids. Said the incorrect ad agent, offering a snuff box to Kevin. Put a uh, put a little more stank on incorrect. Like, how dare someone be incorrect, okay. even though you yourself are almost <laughs> always incorrect. <laughs> okay. Um, how am I supposed to take snuff with no nose? Said the major as he left the newspaper to go see an almost respected judge. This judge was a great patron of all the local arts and industries, but what he liked above everything else was a check. It is a thing. He was known to say. Which has no equivalent. It requires no food. It doesn't take up much room. It fits in a pocket. And if it falls, it's not broken. Kevin arrived. Oh, Kevin arrived. That should be you, should it not? Kevin arrived yes. just as... <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's, that def- should be, that's okay, your line. Okay, my line actually starts here. Yep. Okay. So your line is Kevin arrived just as the dictionary was reclining on the couch and saying to himself, yep. Yes, I will make a nice sum of that. Okay. Very clearly, this has not been edited since... That's <laughs> <laughs> fine, <laughs> I missed I it, it too. Okay, uh... It's to be expected that the committeeman's visit was inopportune. The judge told Kevin that the afternoon was not the best time to come with a case, and that nature demanded rest after eating, and that respectable people did not have their noses stolen. Oh. We must remember that Kevin was a very sensitive man. He didn't mind a word said against him as a person, but he could not stand any comments on his rank or social position. Um, f- focus on as a person. Um, okay. I don't give a shit at what you say about my character, but oh my god, call <laughs> me poor? How dare you? <laughs> um, yeah, we can just keep it moving from the top of 16. Okay. And he left the place. He reached his home just before dark. Let's cut the place, so, and he left. And he left. Yep. And he left. He reached his home just before dark. When he got inside, he saw that his valet, who was also named Ivan had made himself comfortable on the couch and was keeping himself amused by spitting at the ceiling, hitting every time the same spot. 
<laughs> before we keep moving really really slow this sentence down okay um, just because this it's... is such a delightfully weird mental picture and when i first read this in the short story i like had to stop and be like wait what did that say okay <laughs> and i had to like run it back so <sighs> just okay really linger on that moment um let's just do it one more time okay um and he left he reached his home just before dark when he got inside, he saw that his valet, who was also named Ivan, had made himself comfortable on the couch and was keeping himself amused by spitting at the ceiling, hitting every time the same spot. You good-for-nothing idiot. Ivan quickly hopped to and took his boss's cloak. Kevin made himself as comfortable as he could without a nose and began to soliloquize. <laughs> Is that how you say that word? I think so. Okay. Um... You know what? We're going to go to Google Pronounce real quick. Keep keep going. Okay. As means of sobriety test, the major pinched himself. He determined he was neither dreaming nor drunk. Plans of action swirled through Kevin's head as he tried to figure out his next steps. Should he file a legal motion? Or better yet, openly confront her in public? His musings were interrupted by the sound of Ivan greeting someone at the door. Right. Kevin. I have the Google. Okay. All right, let's try that again with the volume on. Soliloquize. Okay, I Soliloquize, was right. yep. Doesn't sound like a word. The more we're going to say it. I know. I don't think I've ever heard it. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think I've ever heard the word soliloquy outside of <laughs> just soliloquy. Shakespeare, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, where do you want me to go from? Um, uh, let's just take it from as means of sobriety test. Okay. As means of sobriety test, the major pinched himself. He determined he was neither dreaming nor drunk. It's her fault. Alexandra Piddington. Uh, After all, I need to serve five more years before I even turn 42. Plans of action swirled through Kevin's head as he tried to figure out his next steps. Should he file a legal motion? Or, better yet, openly confront her in public? His musings were interrupted by the sound of Ivan greeting someone at the door. Kevin quickly covered his face with a handkerchief and awaited company. Does Major Kevin live here? Come in. The same police officer from the beginning of our story, the one who stopped the other Ivan on the bridge, entered the room. Uh, they talk to the bottom of the page. Yep. Your nose is uninjured. From his pocket, the police officer withdrew the nose wrapped up in butcher paper. Yes, yes, this is it. Da, da, da. Um, my mother-in-law lives with me along with several children, the eldest of whom is very bright, but I have no means for their education. And the officer left Kevin to his nose. This is it. Pimple and all. And he laughed out loud with joy. But nothing is permanent in this world. Joy only fades until one feels normal, like the rings from a pebble's throw fading into stillness. Kevin realized his troubles were not yet over. His nose had been returned, but it had to be restored to its rightful place. He placed himself in front of his mirror and attempted to reattach his nose. It would not stick. He held his nose to his mouth and warmed it with his breath and tried again. No luck. All right, I want to hold real quick. Mabel, you were doing so good. 
Um, so the the start of this line, mm-hmm. uh, but nothing is permanent in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only bit of prose from this entire piece that I think is actually really lovely and beautiful. Okay. Um, like those two sentences. Yeah, the nothing is permanent in this yep. world. Joy only fades until one feels normal. Okay. Um, those two sentences, mm-hmm. if you would want to do... Get a little more serious for a minute. Yeah, serious. Um, reflective. Reflective, serene. Something that's distinctively other in tone from what you're doing elsewhere. Okay. Because it is the one little bit where it's like, oh, this narrator is actually kind of... Let's take a moment. Oh, this is nice. How are you feeling? <laughs> um, and then it's back into the... Uh, the nose nonsense afterwards but it's just these two lines in particular really i think are very pretty okay um so let's just take it back for a minute he laughed out loud with joy okay um bah, bah, bah. okay don't chew the microphone mabel <laughs> yeah please now and he laughed out loud with joy but nothing is permanent in this world Joy only fades until one feels normal, like the rings from a pebble's throw, fading into stillness. Kevin realized his troubles were not yet over. His nose had been returned, but it had to be restored to its rightful place. He placed himself in front of his mirror and attempted to reattach his nose. It would not stick. He held his nose to his mouth and warmed it with his breath and tried again. No luck. But the nose bounced back to the table like a cork, sound and all. I need to record a cork sound for that. <laughs> put a note for myself. Um, why won't you stay? Everything he tried would fail, so the major had his valet summon the best doctor he could afford. This doctor was more imposing than most. He ate fresh apples every morning and cleaned his teeth with extreme care, using five different brushes for 45 minutes every day the doctor came immediately um the only thing i want to add to this line mm-hmm. um had his valet summon the best doctor he could afford <laughs> oh okay i got gotcha. you like the like it's like an afterthought like yeah. turn around oh. okay yeah, the, he, the, the most i'll put it in doctor. parentheses yeah per- <laughs> per- perfect in parentheses okay um we can keep it keep it moving though. Okay. Um, huh. Said the doctor, inspecting the space on Kevin's face where he knows should have been. He shook his head. It cannot be done. Uh, they talk for a bit. Um, although after her recent actions, I don't want anything more to do with her unless the police are involved. I beg you. The poor man pleaded. Find some way to replace it. They talk and they talk and they talk. Um, then the doctor says, then I'll be off. I hope to be useful to you, but I've done all I can do. And the doctor left, although Kevin couldn't notice, preoccupied as he was with his nose. The next day, the major decided to write the state senator's wife and get back what she stole. And there's a letter, a couple letters, then at the bottom, Kevin says, She can't have done it. No criminal could write such a letter. And if she didn't do it, who did? Meanwhile, rumor of this extraordinary event had already traveled far, as is generally the case, not without numerous additions. People back then were prone to believe all sorts of things. 
there had recent there had been recent <laughs> sorry I need to add a word there had been recent captivation with magnetism of all things the story of the floating chairs off of Cancer Street was still fresh in the mind and there was nothing astonishing in hearing that Major Kevin's nose could be seen walking every day at 3 down Norman Avenue. The crowd that would gather would be enormous, day after day. A few weeks later, someone spread a rumor that the nose could be found in a local pawn shop and the police had to be called in to break up what ensued. All these stories were eagerly collected by the Kevins of the town, those with women to entertain. In my opinion... Too few citizens were put out by it all. One gentleman asserted that he could not understand how people could believe such nonsense so easily, and he was shocked that the government did nothing to intervene. He was one of those people who wished the government would intervene in everything so that nothing was ever done. But here the story grows hazy, and of what happened next, absolutely nothing is known. Kevin wakes up. Have another little bit of that line. On April seventh. Nope. What? Strange events happen in this. World. Oh, I didn't highlight that. Okay. Strange events happen in this world. Events which are entirely improbable. Where is that mirror? On April seventh, the same nose which had been elected to office and caused a commotion was found one morning in its proper place, mostly centered in Kevin's face. Should that be on Kevin's face? Yes. <laughs> yes, it should. Good catch. <laughs> okay. Beckoned the master to his valet who entered sometime after. Uh, they talk, they talk, they talk. Uh, fantastic. Get out. At the moment, Ivan the barber stuck his head through the door. Oh, at that moment. Oh, at that moment. Okay. Yep. That's another typo. Man, the, the later we get, the more, just the more typos crop up, don't they? <laughs> That's okay. They're not huge. Fantastic. Get out. At that moment, Ivan the barber stuck his head through the door. You. They talk, they talk, they talk. There it is. Thought Ivan to himself as he lathered the major's face. Careful. Ivan had grabbed the major's nose, as was his habit when shaving him. Apologies. He said as he finished the shave. Soon as he could, Kevin hailed a cab and headed straight to the cafe. He ordered a cup of coffee as he entered and inspected the mirror. Still got it. Kevin sneered at a nearby police officer who... But... Who... <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. Kevin sneered at a nearby police officer who buttoned scarcely larger than a shirt button and left the shop. On. I'm trying to. Think. Kevin sneered at who had who had something right. Who had a button nose, scarcely larger than a shirt button, and left the shop. Um, that's the line from the book. I don't know okay. if I like. It's very wordy. Kevin sneered at a nearby police officer with a small nose and left the shop. The point is that he's laughing at this dude who has a nose. Okay. Like a nose that he deems is not. Oh, hold on. Do I even like that? Um, still got it. After that, he went and applied. Kevin sneered at a nearby police officer. 
Kevin sneered at a nearby police officer who had a nose that Kevin deemed unfit. Okay. There. That's the same sentiment. And then after that... And left the shop? Yep. And left the shop. Thank you. Who Kevin deemed... Who had a no? Who had a nose? Who had a nose that Kevin that Kevin deemed, deemed unfit, unfit, and left the shop. Okay. Uh, Kevin sneered at a nearby police officer who had a nose that Kevin deemed unfit and left the shop. Good. After that, he went and applied for the post of either vice governor or bailiff. On his way back. From the government building, he ran into Madame Piddington and her daughter on the street. He stopped and had a joyous, lively conversation with them, sniffing snuff throughout. At the end of the conversation, he took one last sniff and said, It was lovely chatting with you. I'll never marry your daughter. The Major resumed his walks on Norman Avenue and his visits to the theater as if nothing had happened. His nose also stayed where it was as if it had never left. From that time on, he was always to be seen smiling while he chased after his many pretty women. All this happened, but when we stop and think about it, a lot of it doesn't seem likely. Not even counting the disappearance of a nose or its election to office, how did Kevin not understand that one can't take out an ad for their own nose in the paper? Gosh. Another problem is how the nose ended up in the baked loaf. And how did Ivan the barber... No, I don't understand it. The least understandable thing of it all is how authors can choose such subjects for their stories. Defies all expectations. On the one hand, no benefit comes from it. On the other hand, no benefit comes from it either. All the same, there's something to it all. Despite what people say, such things happen. Rarely, but now and then, actually. Okay. Um... Good, good, good. I think I just have a few notes. Okay. Um, for that last bit or like... For that last bit okay. and just in general. Okay. Um, find more spaces where you can inter... Not necessarily interject your opinion because you have your lines, but um, let your opinion show through. One okay. of them is on page 21. Let me um, back up. Am I... Maybe not. What's the line I'm thinking of? thought it was in here. In my opinion, too few citizens were put out by it all. That's a that's a great example of one where you can okay. you, you actually tell us your opinion. Um, so in general, find more moments where you can really let us know how you're feeling about these characters. Okay. And as we're we're about to wrap up and take a break here, so um, I'll give you the performance spiel in a minute. Um, we're still rehearsing so notes um i (laughs) (laughs) smack um all this happened but when i stop and think about it I, okay, so I think for this last, your last paragraph, mm-hmm. um, 
I want you to be more reflexive. Like you're almost now taking on the role of the audience to be like, well, hold up. Okay. What the fuck did I just listen to? I'm gonna have to censor <laughs> that because I think that's the only time I've sworn this whole time. It's fine. Oh, is this supposed to be family friendly? Not necessarily, but I mean, if there's only <laughs> if there's only one swear word the whole time, I might as well censor it out so I don't have to slap an explicit rating on this. That's true. Um, since we've both been so good about <laughs> about swearing up until this point, um, so to to take on the role of the audience, be like, well, what what did I just listen to? None of this made any sense. Okay. And to really embody that part the of audience. It. And then when you hit the word author, mm -hmm. just make that the dirtiest word in this whole play. Like, you okay. have nothing but contempt for these authors. Um, <laughs> and then I think kind of ending it on a similar tone to that um, joy only fades like a pebble in the water. Okay. Kind of a similar, just because I like kind of the, these last few lines all the same there's something to it all mm -hmm. despite what people say such things happen rarely but now and then actually like i like kind of the flow of those last few lines so if you can end on that kind of nicer tone i i think that'd be nice okay um any was there anything else that you're like i um is there anything in here that you want to work on again before we take a break um i don't think so okay then i'm going to stop recording we'll take like a five minute break and then we'll we'll go through and we'll record this cool. thank you for listening to this week's rehearsal process the goal of barely there theater is to create plays and entertainment for people free of charge anywhere they want anytime they want subscribe to us for mostly weekly updates with new audio plays rehearsals and whatever else might come up we do ask that if you liked what you just listened to, consider donating to us at our website, BarelyThereTheater.com. And if you're in a position where you can't afford to donate, that's okay too. Consider passing this episode along to someone who you think will enjoy it. Tune in next time, and once again, thanks for listening to Barely There Theater.